Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We're less than 10 days until the start of the early signing period. And while we don't talk recruiting a lot on the show, the next week and a half will help shape the college football landscape for years to come. It is Monday, December 12th. You're listening to the College Football Daily. I'm Lance Glenn. The start of the early signing period is next Wednesday, December 21st. And while some classes are already filled, there are others that need to finish strong over the next nine days. So joining me to discuss those programs that need to make a big push is the host of the College Football Recruiting Show, National Recruiting Analyst Blair Angulo. Blair, how are we doing? Thanks so much for coming on and joining me. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Lance. Obviously, we are in the thick of the weeds right now as we approach signing day 2022 and so it, it's about going and, and searching for clues trying to track down visitors trying to get quotes try to figure out who could be on flip watch so it's a, a a busy time of year certainly the busiest time of the year for you obviously i know you're running around like you said trying to get quotes trying to kind of read between the lines of who might go where but it's fun time it's a fun time nonetheless with recruiting so blair before we start i just want to remind everyone to tune in obviously every tuesday and thursday to the college football recruiting show on the 24-7 Sports YouTube page. And of course, while you're there, make sure to subscribe to the channel as well. So I mentioned before, while some classes are just wrapping up, others need to finish strong before the early signing period next Wednesday. We're going to talk about five on today's episode. And the team I want to start with is Texas A&M. Now, currently 18th in the 24-7 Sports team recruiting rankings, bolstered by the recent commitment of the top running back in the class, Ruben Owens. But this is a program that obviously had a down season on the field after opening the year in the top 10. They didn't make a bowl game. They're paying Jimbo Fisher a ton of money. I think it's safe to say that he's on the hot seat heading into next season, or at least under a ton of pressure heading into next season. This class is, of course, a far cry from what last year's was the top ranked class in the history of the 24-7 sports rankings. So the Aggies, they need to gain some momentum heading into next season. They really need to make an impact in these next nine days or so. Yeah, they'll be under the microscope, Lance, like you mentioned next year. It's it's all or nothing for Jimbo Fisher. I think he understands that. And I don't know if anyone could have guessed or maybe even predicted that AM would be fighting for a top 25 class after the chops and after really the effort that they put in in the 2022 recruiting cycle, finishing with that top class overall. But I think the the, the Ruben Owens commitment, the the flip, 
from Louisville, obviously aided a bit by that coaching change, but also they had been persistent. And this is an in-state prospect that they had continued to push. So they hope that this adds a little bit of momentum heading into signing day. Uh, They are actually trying to flip Marcel Reed, the Ole Miss quarterback commit, who is expected to take an official visit next weekend, right before signing day. Uh, They're also in the mix right now for Caden Jones, as well as Jaden Platt, the four-star safety who's committed to Stanford. They've got a Nebraska linebacker commit, Hayden Moore from the state of Colorado, who's also expected to officially visit this coming week. And Tausili Akana is still a name that's being floated out there. Uh, It does sound like it may be an Oklahoma-Texas battle. LSU's in there as well. Utah has been making a strong push, uh, but A&M has continued to pique his interest. So that's another prospect that is seriously considering the Aggies and could potentially help them with a strong finish. Now, Jimbo Fisher has that battle to fight right now, right? Where he's losing a lot of players to the transfer portal. He has to replenish the roster and be really strategic about the type of spots that he fills up. But it's also difficult when you take into account what they did last year, bringing in so much talent. Good players don't want to sit behind good players. You know, They don't have the patience for that. So that was always going to be an obstacle. So I think seeing them struggle this way isn't entirely surprising. I think we would have expected them to continue maybe recruiting at a top 10 clip. But then seeing them in, in that 25 range, you know, they're 18th right now. That's that's maybe a bit more surprising. So they certainly have a, a long way to go here before signing day. Yeah, and you mentioned a lot of names that they're obviously going after. Uh, one name that they need to make sure they keep in the class is five-star David Hicks. He was back at Oregon this past weekend. Uh, not the first time he's been up in Eugene. Uh, so definitely something to watch if you're AM. You know, of course they want to add, but they also need to make sure that they retain the talent that is currently in that 18th ranked recruiting class. Let's move on to Ole Miss now. Lane Kiffin signed a large extension to remain in Oxford after there were tons of rumblings that he could be headed to Auburn before Hugh Freeze ultimately took the job. They finished eight and four. They're currently ranked 31st, however, in the team recruiting rankings. And we know that's not good enough to compete for the top of the SEC. In fact, they're behind rival Mississippi State as well. So I'm sure that's not sitting well with Rebel fans. Pressure is definitely on Lane Kiffin with his new contract. And it's up to him now to get that ranking up heading into signing day. Yeah, I think he'll be fine. I think that extension allows him to be able to sell recruits that he's in there for the long haul. And and obviously his name is always coming up in these coaching hot boards and the rumors. And when the carousel starts to spin, Lane Kiffin is a really fun name to throw out for every job opening essentially, right? So uh, that has maybe hindered his ability to recruit at Ole Miss in the long term and to really have a lot of the high school prospects believe that he's the guy uh, in charge and at the helm for the Rebels. So this will maybe help him quell some of those question marks surrounding his status. But, you know, I I think for him, it's going to be the transfer portal. I think, you know, he's had enough of, of, of success recruiting high school players and he needs that immediate return. He needs impact players that could help him take the next step. They were off to a great start. Lance, you're more familiar with this, but I, I believe they were eight and no to begin and, and they obviously Yeah, finished. so they were they were seven and oh. Uh, ranked in the seven top and 10. Oh. Seven and ranked in the top ten and then went one and four to end the season. Yeah, so they finished, you know, in a way that that obviously isn't accept- acceptable, and uh, maybe it wasn't on that trajectory of what Lane Kiffin wanted it to be. You know, it seemed like they kind of hit some roadblocks. They they struggled. They they were hit by some injuries. So I think for him, 
he has enough talent already on the roster, but he needs to go into the transfer portal. That's where I see him making the most impact. Yeah, and not only did they they finish one and four to end the season after a seven and zero start, but uh, the final game of the regular season they lost to their biggest rival in the Egg Bowl in Mississippi State. Uh, so definitely not the finish that they wanted. But Lynn Kiffin does have a large extension. Yeah, and, and keeping Marcel Reed will be big, right? We we just mentioned him taking an official visit to A and M, where he's scheduled to this coming weekend. Uh, this is a prospect who they need. Uh, it's really important to get a high caliber quarterback in every recruiting class, and, and Lane Kiffin was able to pick him out uh, in, in a way before he started to get some new offers and some buzz. Uh, so obviously getting him to, to stick to you know, not flip to another SEC program would be huge for Lane Kiffin. Yeah, and at this point in the cycle, there's not many quarterback options left. Everyone pretty much has their quarterback for the 2023 class. So if Marcel Reed were to flip, whether it's to A&M or any other school, that's going to leave Lane Kiffin in quite the bind uh, trying to find a quarterback for this cycle. But we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to hit on our last three teams. You're listening to the College Football Daily. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Back here on the College Football Daily, Lance Glenn joined alongside by Blair Angulo looking at the teams that need to make a strong finish or need to finish strong, I should say, before the early signing period begins next Wednesday. And again, remember uh, to tune in every Tuesday and Thursday and join Blair and Emily Proud on the College Football Recruiting Show on the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. Of course, while you're there, make sure to subscribe to the channel as well. So now we're going to look at Virginia and they're currently 66th in the team recruiting rankings. And Blair, look, Virginia is in a blue blood, right? They're not a team that regularly competes for an ACC title, uh, but Tony Elliott is in his first full recruiting cycle. And it's kind of been a step backwards from even his transition class last year. And when you have a new coach still in year one, year two, they have that vision to sell, right? They have that hope for the future to sell. And for Tony Elliott, it doesn't seem like that's really working out because usually that first full cycle is a step in the right direction. It, you know, oftentimes is is the best recruiting class for a new head coach. Yet Virginia sitting at 66, they have a lot to do to make up for that poor ranking. They just lost Brennan Armstrong, their quarterback in the transfer portal too. They got a lot of work to do in not a lot of time to kind of rebuild this roster and get everything set for 2023. Yeah, I, I find it hard to see them rise in the rankings uh, considerably, right? This is a program that's, I think, outside the top 65 nationally. The last time I checked, 
contact and and you know like you mentioned it tony elliott you would have expected a honeymoon period right where he gets a lot of attention he gets a lot of recruits interested in in maybe the change in direction or the change in the program he has i think a brand to sell right he comes from clemson where he had some notoriety as a recruiter as a developer of talent of of getting guys to the nfl and he hasn't been able to capitalize on that at virginia it's been a struggle for the most part and then you tack on the unfortunate tragedy that that program was struck with you know you could also wonder you know how much is recruiting even a a priority for them you know do they kind of just pick up the pieces uh after signing day they just want to get through the holidays get through the new year and and really start to sort out their roster heading into the spring so you know i don't think you can really knock their situation it's been you know an up and down year not only on the field but obviously with with uh you know some unfortunate uh, occurrences off the field as well and you know i think tony elliott has to continue to prove his worth as a recruiter and bring some of that moxie that made him such a successful uh, coach at Clemson and also a commodity, right? This was a, a, a big hire for Virginia. They were taking a, a big leap forward for, you know, to get a coach that had no head coaching experience before that. So now he has to, in a way, back up some of that prowess and really show off what he can do on a recruiting front. I'm not expecting a, a frantic or a really, I guess, dramatic finish from them heading into signing day. But the 2024 recruiting cycle will be huge for Tony Elliott. Now, one other team I wanted to discuss before we get to our final one on the West Coast is Michigan State. And they're kind of in a similar boat to Texas A&M, right? Uh, a program that had lofty expectations after a, a really good year in Mel Tucker's first season, re-signed Mel Tucker to a, a huge extension, almost a $100 million extension. Yet they took a step back on the field this past season, not making a bowl game, going five and seven. They've taken a step back when it comes to recruiting. They were in the top 25 in 2022. Right now, now they're outside the top 25, currently sitting at 35. So we've seen them linked to big names here and there. Obviously, Dante Moore was someone who uh, Michigan State fans were hoping they'd be able to flip for Morgan. That doesn't seem likely ahead of signing day. It seems like they just haven't been able to close on those big names as well as maybe they were able to do last year. But 35th, a step back for Mel Tucker in recruiting after they took a step back on the field. It would be nice, I'm sure, if you're a Michigan State fan to see a little bit of a strong push before the early signing period begins next Wednesday. Yeah, they have taken some big swings. And and I feel like if you're just a neutral recruiting fan, you look at Michigan State and and you maybe you tip your hat because they do try to go after some big fish. They they don't really stay in their lane. They're going up against the Ohio States and the Michigans and the Penn States and and even some schools down south, the Georgias, the Tennessees, the Bamas. And they're trying to win some battles that, you know, it's an uphill battle climb. And when you expend some of the resources and the energy and the time, and then you don't get a prospect, you know, you wonder, all right, is our approach the right one? Are we going about this the right way? And I think Mel Tucker has the right idea. Now it's about calculating, you know, how much of a chance they actually have with some of these prospects. Uh, Dante Moore being an in-state guy, not a lot of energy, not a lot of time wasted there. You have to obviously have to go after him, but them offering Sam Levitt, the Washington State commit quarterback who, you know, took an official visit this past weekend, is a clear indication that they've moved on from Dante Moore that that's probably not going to happen. And now they have to kind of, you know, in a way like you mentioned close strong. They had a, a top 5 JC player on campus this past weekend, uh, Keyshawn Blackstock. He's an 
offensive lineman that would provide immediate playing depth. That was a huge problem for them uh, on the field this year. They just didn't seem to be able to establish the run or protect their quarterback. So they need they need some you know immediate help up front. And then they also had Sean Brown. He's a, a an Arizona commit from the state of California taking an official visit this past weekend. So they're they're kind of trying in a way to get in on some guys late and hope that you know their name and and their 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 appeal with Mel Tucker uh, helps them. But we'll see how how that turns out and whether that pays off. So Blair, the last team I wanted to discuss, one you're obviously very familiar with on the West Coast, is UCLA. Now, I had trouble deciding if I wanted to include UCLA on this list, right? Because we know how UCLA recruits. They're not going to put as heavy an emphasis in high school recruiting as maybe other teams do. They put a heavy emphasis in the transfer portal, as we saw this past season. It really helped them on the field take that next step under Chip Kelly. I'm assuming, and correct me if I'm wrong, that they're probably going to do the same thing this coming year, where they're going to go heavy on the transfer portal. Now, I will say with UCLA, last year in 2022, they finished, I believe, in the 60s when it comes to the team recruiting rankings. Right now, they're ranked 51st. So a step up there for Chip Kelly, (laughs) if if we're looking at it, taking the next step in recruiting, maybe next year they'll be in the 40s. Uh, But UCLA, I think a team that would benefit by, you know, finishing strong, you know, again, that's relative to what UCLA kind of normally does, right, compared to what other schools. But if they could sign a couple kids here and there that right now they don't have committed, they had Dante Moore on campus this past weekend. That's obviously something to monitor um, if they're trying to flip the five-star quarterback from Oregon. Um, but again, we know UCLA, we know what they're going to do. They're going to hit the transfer portal hard. But if they can kind of notch a big win or two with 10 days or nine days left on the recruiting trail, that would be a big get for Chip Kelly after a pretty successful year on the field yeah they're trying obviously with Dante Moore and to even get him to visit campus uh, on an official visit weekend basically 10 days before signing day it, you know it's not nothing I think you have to uh, applaud the effort there and 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 you know maybe it, it materializes into something more serious and maybe Dante Moore likes the pitch that Chip Kelly you know, made. Uh, obviously, it's tough for Oregon to lose their offensive coordinator so close to signing day. He takes the head coaching job at Arizona State. And obviously, Kenny Dillingham was a big reason why Dante Moore was going to end up at, in Eugene he could very well still end up in Eugene. But when you wonder about the relationships that he has there, you know, there's a new offensive coordinator with the Ducks, or do you go with an established head coach like Chip Kelly, who just, you know, has produced NFL quarterbacks before, has coached in the NFL. So you understand the appeal there. You understand why Dante Moore would take that visit to UCLA. And that's their balance right now is being able to know which prospects they can try to get after or where where they can just go in the transfer portal and maybe get an immediate impact player right they did it with Zach Charbonnet getting him from Michigan and he stepped in and and became RB1 right away for them Uh, Jake Bobo from Duke last year became their best receiver this year right they did it with the edge rushers uh, Layatu Latu and and the Murphy twins from North Texas they became immediate starters their middle linebacker Darius Muasau was from Hawaii an all Mountain West type of player and he becomes their immediate starter at, at, at middle linebacker so I think they understand the power of the transfer portal they understand that players want to come to los angeles whether that's only for a year before they get ready for whatever happens next whether that's the nfl or a career outside of football that's their appeal right now and you know when they try to go toe-to-toe with usc at times that they're they're a crosstown rival and a program that they're going to be joining the big 10 with you know that's that's where you figure out okay where am i going to be able to to make some some gains and where am I going to be able to supplement the roster? So uh, yeah, I, like you mentioned it, Lance, I don't think 
think we're expecting them to make a huge splash heading into signing day with high school recruits. They already have three commitments out of the transfer portal and it just opened up a, a week ago, right? So you can kind of see the the direction that they like to go in. They've been saving a lot of room on the roster for, the, for that purpose, uh, but they will continue to try. They'll try with Dante Moore. They, they've got a couple of other guys committed to Stanford on their radar. They're, they're, they'll be making some visits in home this week and uh, that's one of the programs to, to certainly monitor. UCLA could, if they do get Dante Moore in the fold, I mean, how much of a surprise, how much of a shock would that be across college football? Blair, the five teams we discussed, A&M, Ole Miss, Virginia, Michigan State, and UCLA, five teams that would definitely benefit from a strong finish as we get closer and closer uh, to the start of the early signing period. Only nine days away at this point, next Wednesday, December 21st, we will have wall-to-wall coverage of that early signing period uh, for you on the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. Remember to tune in every Tuesday and Thursday to the College Football Recruiting Show hosted by Blair, uh, as well as Emily Pratt as they let you know all you need to know uh, about recruiting uh, as we get closer and closer to that December 21st day. Blair, thanks so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for giving me some time. All right, Lance. Thank you so much for having me. So for Blair and Gulo, I am Lance Glenn. Thanks so much for listening to the College Football Daily and enjoy your Monday. ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.